I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetas Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you con artists or entrepreneurs out there? I'm Alan. I'm a con artist. And I'm Max. And this is Zetas Lapidus. <laughs> it's the show where we watch every decom or Disney Channel original movie in chronological order and then spend way too much time analyzing them. This week, folks, we watched Twas the Night. <laughs> A holiday yeah, treat. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, I'm sorry, listener. You need to know we just did a round of it. That's the second time we did that round of intros, and it went great the first time. So you, the, you feel like, it, you feel like it's already off to a start. You know, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You think the energy's uh, spicy it's all, already. Yeah, we're, we're coming in hot, boys and girls. So we're coming off about 30, no, 40 minutes of audio issues. So hey, everything's you know, going great. We're, we're doing, going it, it, great. We're, we're having a, a Christmas caper. Okay. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. I've a heard club. that from the Lego movie. It's, it's true. The synopsis, the description of this film is a mischievous 14-year-old boy and his irresponsible uncle almost ruin Christmas when they decide to take Santa's new high-tech sleigh for a joyride. Which it's not wrong, but, but it's, it's also, also not, not right. Yeah, it's it's True. playing in both worlds. Like this is technically correct. Yeah, like they didn't just take it for a joyride. No, no, they committed. Now this is like one half of the duo committed multiple B and E's. The other half of the duo played Santa Was trying Claus. to save Christmas. But right. also, they don't almost ruin Christmas by taking the sleigh on a joyride. They almost ruin Christmas. Because Santa gets a concussion. True. Right. True. True. There's a medical emergency, and unluckily for Santa, the two doctor parents have been called away to the hospital. So we'll get into that just a bit later. The you know, I had I hadn't pieced that together until right now. <laughs> yeah, they they conveniently like, hey, the parents are doctors really early I mean, on. I knew I knew that, but I didn't think about that in relation to Santa getting a concussion. Mm-hmm. I I uh yeah. Yeah, they conveniently remove those two characters from Thank the you. from the fray. This movie was released on December 7th of the year 2001, and I have to know, did either of you watch this movie as a kid? No. No. Yeah, same, same. I don't maybe I just didn't tune in for the holiday this the sort of seasonal classics, quote unquote classics. I think there's already so many Christmas movies. You know what I mean? Like, and, there's so many Christmas yeah, how And can this we one's a combination of, like, three of them. That, right. You're not wrong. You're and, not wrong. Uh, uh, Perhaps it's more efficient to watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you yeah. watch this one and why, you're done. Why watch, why watch three when you can just watch one? <laughs> yeah, who needs It's a Wonderful Life? I mean, you don't even need to watch Breaking Bad. You get the whole thing. You do. You, you get, get Brian Bad, Cranston's best. You get <laughs> Breaking right. Bad, the Santa Claus, and the Grinch. All right. Yes. And I just want to say this right now. And this is like no shade on Brian Cranston, but it feels like he has been the same age forever. Because when I saw him in this film, I was like, you look nearly identical to how you look today. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's either he's aging really well or he's always looked old. And I'm not sure which one it is. (laughs) I think it's more of the second one. He seems like one of those people that's always been old to me. Mm. Kind of like Maggie Smith. Dave he definitely Smith. looked younger in this movie to me. Like, certainly, but he looked very similar to what he looks like today. Correct. This, uh, I, I also did not watch this movie as a kid, by the way. The top song at the, of the time was Family Affair by Mary J. Blige. 
Oh shit. Oh wow. Wow, the 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 physical breakdown <laughs> is incredible. I, also... I don't know the words, but it's like it's a family affair. And I need you now. That's not it. <laughs> it's a quarter after family and affairs are in order. I need you now. <laughs> and I don't know how. <laughs> that song's stuck in my head now. <laughs> I'm in tears. I'm trying to piece together what the chorus would have. Oh. The top grossing film of this week might surprise you. It was Ocean's Eleven. Oh, banger. That's banger a phenomenal movie. film. Now, banger. Now, here's the deal. The news headlines of the time have to do with two other film series that were released. One immediately before Ocean's Eleven, which is the top grossing film of the time, and one immediately after. Right, but I do have an Ocean's Eleven related question. Tell me. We've discussed it before, but I think we need to say it out loud. And applicable to the film as well, if we were committing an Ocean's Eleven level heist, what mm. are each of our jobs? Mm. Huh. I mean, like, are you talking like the face, the the the, the grease yeah. man? Yeah, you got the grease man, you got the muscle, you got like the Chinese acrobat. I think we're all out for that one. Um, yeah. You know, you've got I don't know, distraction, you've got the guy in the chair, you've got the driver. You've got the Daniel Ocean who does I'm next Tyrese. to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> sure you're the who, who basically does nothing except distract i'm tired you know what okay. i mean we said, you're the two brothers who go in there you gave balloon boy balloon yeah. Yeah, boy yeah, yeah, yeah. that's actually that's me. probably yeah. me and max ah I yes think that's what that is i think you and i We're those two guys i think if, if we were doing a vegas heist i could see us pretending to be a couple and getting into a huge fight on the mm. casino floor, like mm -hmm. drinks thrown. She was mm -hmm. my sister. Like uh, it's getting in a huge drag, knock them, drag them out fight that then involves yeah. a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Alan, then the muscle can slip in. Yeah. The, you expect the muscle to slip in I somewhere? I expect you to you be the muscle. Slip in. You just slip in. Just slide just slip smoothly in. in. Speaking of distractions, let's get it crunk up on half fun up on a business dancery. We got y'all <laughs> now you're floating, so you got da, 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 some dance da, da, from da, da, me. Da. Don't need no hate. It's like I'm listening to Mary J. Blige right now. In this dancery, let's get, get it percolating while you're waiting, so just dance for me. I gotta be, it's just a matter Red time. Yeah, I remember it now. Boy, you get loose and start to lose your mind. It's, it's back. You, yeah. It, we, it, Just took Max's beautiful voice. I, I, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. I assume that's my That's my wife, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> she was my sister. That's my heist wife. <laughs> First my mom and then my sister. I'm debating. Are you just going to fuck my whole family? I forgave you after the twins in the hot tub. But now little little Max Jr. won't have a dad. See, we could do this. We could do it. I'm convinced. What would you be? I assumed I stereotyped you as the muscle and I apologize for that. I do think you would also be a good um, like a man in the chair. Like a good 
guy kind of overseeing everything. Good chairman. And and speaking into everyone's little headphones like, okay, now you need to walk down the corridor. Mm -hmm. There should be a uh, white hallway to your left. So here's why I'm not so sure that's true. All right, housewife now. What (laughs) shit? Just go throw, our dr- throw your drink. You throw have a martini? Throw, throw that in their face five, right five, now. Five, five, five. Good job. Go Good. Well done. Well done. There's a security man coming. Kick him in the nards. Slap um, it's a nice voice to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> if, if everybody had to have a voice in their ear. Well, and because you're going to have to be managing like a bunch of people all at once. You're going to have to be talking to us. You're going to have to be talking to the Chinese acrobat. You're going to have to be talking to the driver. You're going to have to be coordinating a lot of things. You could be an acrobat from anywhere, for the record. <laughs> True. <laughs> that's a really that's your, exclusive and, and an acrobat of any nationality really is fine <laughs> I just we don't, really we're not exclusionary we're here we're not exclusionary but I do really like him <laughs> yeah sure, 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 sure I want to get him is my point I, I like his role in three as the rich guy too he's yeah. uh, I, I really just want him as, as part yeah, of no, I understand. that's, that's I understand. what I was saying. I thought you were trying to attract the whole crew from Epcot you know just <laughs> Everybody, come on in. The yeah. the, one, the, uh, the flying dragons. Or, yeah. uh, Truly very talented uh, crew. That, honestly, though, I stopped every time. Yeah. yeah that, hey. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's like those guys and then the guys in France that used to climb on the chairs. The chair really guys. High. Yeah. Unbelievable. Nervous. And I'm then, unfortunately, s- I walk by the mime in Italy and I'm like, you know what? I have better things to do. <laughs> Nick, keep on walking. Shout out you. He, he's great with the audience. You know, wonderful participation. Just not for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care that you throw the ball in the air and catch it in the little net. You know, like, I just... <laughs> I can't be bothered. It's such a niche joke. <laughs> By the way, Any for the one person out there that knows what I'm talking about, though, you know what I mean. <laughs> this, this, like, I couldn't be the guy in the chair because trying to hurt you two cats is incredibly difficult. Well, you just mute us after a while. Like, when shit Bonk. just is. You hit go on the chaos and then you just turn it off and don't worry about just it. Just walk away. We're, that we know we're going to keep doing. going. Yeah, we got exactly. this. Our job is just to cause a, a mess, and, yeah. and you don't have, need to talk to us anymore. We have expansive experience. <laughs> and go. That's all I need to say. Uh, all right. Other things that were occurring around this time. There was not really anything in way of national news. I'm sure there was, but I just didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Two things that occurred. We launched, as we've talked about earlier on this podcast, we launched the start of what is one of the most beloved and epic franchises known to man, The Fast Fast and the Furious, Furious. this year, which honestly casts a long shadow under which are housed the following two franchises that also launched this year. Harry Potter, which kicked off just before the release of this film, and The Lord of the Rings that kicked off just after the release as well. So we have three powerhouse franchises launching in the year 2001. How much before did Harry Potter come out from this movie? It would have been in November, so a couple of weeks. I'm just surprised that's not the number one movie. Then. It, it's, so it sits number three. Um, and then if you watch the first couple weeks of Dece- like the entire month of December goes Lord of the Rings, Ocean's Eleven, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which is mm. and I think Ocean's Eleven is likely name recognition and recency bias for for November and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone popped off and sort of held that for a little bit of a, a little bit longer time. I, it's just hard to hold number one for a lot of weeks. It's like I looked it up not too long ago for trivia and even really big movies just don't hold it that long. 
I, again, they'll still be like bias. top five, but they're just not number one that mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we ready to talk about Twas the Night? I'm yeah. ready. Let's I dive wish in. we were talking more about Lord of the Rings, but I'm also excited to talk about Twas the Night. Talk about a heist film, am I right? I mm. true. Lord of the Rings is just a heist film. Oh, I thought you were talking about Twas the Night. Also Twas the Night is a also a heist film, film. Kind of. This movie did not, in my opinion, start off strong because we had prolonged voiceover and worse it fucking rhyming. rhyming. I yeah. How love that. dare you I they, do that I, to me? I did ask myself, do you, is it better or worse for the VO to be rhyming VO? Wor- okay, 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 hold on. Let's be specific. I have, I have an offense that bothered me more personally than it rhyming. I didn't like the rhyme, but also it's a Christmas movie. Right. Like shit rhymes, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm willing to give you a pass for the rhyme. I would be more willing to give you a pass if you just stuck to the fucking story also if there was a if there was a race for who says the name of the decom the fastest twas the night would win because it's the first sure three the first words three said words. yeah <laughs> you're just like oh i know what movie we're watching yeah that's fair and that is my my biggest offense in the in the vo is as we get into the world and he's introducing it through the rhyming vo there are multiple scenes where the character who is giving the narration is on screen talking, but we don't hear what he's saying. He's talking to someone else and his mouth is moving that it doesn't match with his actual voice giving the VO. And it's so like brain breaking for me to watch that character speak on screen and it's not matching the, the voice that's happening. Like, why, what are we doing? <laughs> this entire intro is an exercise in wildly inconsistent dubbing and voiceover. It is just like, it was crazy Cause also choice. part of the rhyme is him talking to his little brother at one point. Yeah, but it doesn't rhyme, right? Like, yeah. when he picks up, it doesn't actually complete the rhyme. It just goes into dialogue. But then he picks up the voiceover back up. And then the vo- VO picks up again. Yeah. Crazy. So, so listener, the introductory sequence of this is a knockoff of the start of Twas the Night that then goes into rhyme schemes that are designed to introduce the characters of the film. You have Danny, who is the oldest child. You have the middle sister, and I don't remember these these siblings' names. Caitlin? Caitlin, the middle sister, who is smart, and the younger brother, Peter? Yep, Pete. Who is Pete, who is just like the cute younger brother character who's there to serve as like a... I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does this child want so badly to be Spencer Breslin? Because <laughs> thank you, I got a big Breslin he is, vibe. He is because Spencer he, Breslin off wish, like he is knockoff Spencer Breslin. He looks and sounds like he wants to be Spencer Breslin. Is now, all I'm gonna say. One thing that I will say about Pete and the actor who played Pete that was refreshing is that I didn't get Spencer Breslin when delivering lines in the movie we watched him in. It was just like a consistent whine. Also a Christmas movie for the record. That's true. Yeah. Also a Christmas movie. This this actor did not sound whiny the whole time. He sounded to me more like he was pulling off naivety and innocence. I actually mm. think for the most part, the acting wasn't bad in this movie. Well, that's because of Brian Cranston. I mean, Cranston. I think a lot of that is a tribute to Brian Cranston. But yeah. I think compared to some other movies we've watched, the kids aren't as bad. I'd agree. 
But I just, I, oh, it no, was so funny. I, I saw that kid and I was like, is it Spencer Breslin? It's and kind then, of like, like, I had to look. Like, Spencer Breslin was like the biggest kid star at the time. So yeah. maybe that this kid like watched Spencer Breslin as a role model yeah. or as a like, do this. I can do that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he did. I would say he did it better too. We meet the family unit. So the three kids, mom and dad, uh, mom and dad are both doctors. They are on screen for maybe... 20 minutes of this hour and 27 minute film. It's not a long time. And when they are there, mom is sort of like a non-issue and dad is kind of just an overbearing ass the majority mm. of the time. So that's that's the initial family unit you meet. Then it cuts away after their interaction and you meet Nick. Well, before we meet Nick, the and older brother swindles the younger brother oh, out of some yes, cash. Oh, yes, he does. Because it's, it's Christmas Eve and he, I guess, hasn't bought presents yet. Mm-hmm. And um, he looks in his wallet. He doesn't have much money. The so, Velcro wallet. You remember oh, those, Max? Velcro, those oh, yeah. Velcro wallets. Oh, yeah. vi- I had a, like a visceral reaction to that noise. Uh, so then he calls in Pete and sells him things from his room, <laughs> which is funny. It's I got to say, funny. <laughs> Smart. I don't have a sibling, but it feels like something a sibling would do to a younger sibling. And then, of course, he gets in trouble and his parents just berate him and are like, you're going to be like your Uncle Nick. And he's like, I love Uncle Nick. And then you immediately know that there's tension between dad and his brother, Nick. Mm-hmm. Which is I the perfect I don't know if to... my parents would have had issue with this. Huh. Like... I don't know. I'm 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 working that out a little bit, but I think the the exchange of goods and or services for money would be appropriate. Especially when when Peter's like, I like it. Yeah, I want the stuff. <laughs> I know it's kind of like, do you get Pete, mad? Are you at here? The, it's kind of like, do you get bad at the older brother, or are you like smart? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, we know. I guess it, I, the implication is that the 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 younger brother's only doing it because he wants to be like the older brother. He wants to, he doesn't actually want the stuff. He just wants to like make his older brother happy. And therefore he's being taken advantage of, which that wouldn't be fine. But if there was, if there was like an equal trade, I think about like Pokemon card trades, you know what I mean? Like back in the day, an exchange of goods for goods was certainly fine. You know, then I'm down with it. Like if I, I, I've been on the bad end of a number of Pokemon card trades in an elementary school setting. Mm -hmm. Right. I, and you learn a lesson from that. You absolutely do. Well, they're setting up because they're going to say it later that he schemed him. That he mm-hmm. he like you know definitely charged him too much I would say for those things mm-hmm. and he swindled him. Yeah, and that he is learning this from his entrepreneur uncle Nick. Nick who, and his laptop. Nick I, I did. White. I yeah. <laughs> I I did have to appreciate. I think especially right now. I don't know what the what the mindset was in 2001 but i think especially right now in the era of nft crypto bros whatnot there was a combination of lines where danny says he's an entrepreneur and then uh his dad's like he's a con man with a laptop and i was like right yes (laughs) (laughs) like i agree (laughs) like there's there's so many people online that are claiming to be entrepreneurs and i'm like no you're just conning people that's 
that's not entrepreneurial. Like that's <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a con person. You're selling a swindler bitcoins. Yeah. Right. So I, it was funny because I was like, man, for right now, this feels very accurate. I don't know what it, what the what it was like in 2001, but I just think that there was a general fear of technology in 01. If I think back, like the fact that we have Nick, who we get introduced to, he's bound and gagged and blindfolded to a chair in his house. There's there's fear. What I gathered is like there's a fear of technology. That's sort of a running theme here. Even Santa talks about it later, which is a weird sentence that just left my mouth. <laughs> but we we meet Nick tied up, blindfolded with some of the worst villains known to man about to give him mama's kitchen discipline. Wait, for I've just I've just remembered this actually parallels. We see Santa tied up at the very beginning of this movie. And we get a like, you might wonder how we got here. And this scene of Nick tied up is very similar to that scene that they sort of tease at the very beginning of the movie of Santa tied up. Now we have Nick tied up. And his name's Nick. Weird. 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 Two things. One, going back to Max's thing about the year 2001. I just looked and eBay started in 1995. And I am sure it didn't pick up for a while but like i don't know about y'all but my parents were very hesitant to like shop online for a long time oh yeah like my mom still was like i don't put my credit card like yeah i don't know about that i think she still has a checkbook and got annoyed when like the grocery store stopped accepting checks because she didn't want to give them her debit card so i think the entrepreneur thing kind of is of that mindset of like a certain generation doesn't trust the internet they think it's Mm -hmm. all bogus they think it's all and yet they believe, never mind. No, um, we cannot get, nope, it's not, not that kind of podcast. But I did laugh when he said, uh, mama's kitchen discipline. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, give you some funny. mama's kitchen discipline. This is also the, the great writer who wrote the line that this same gentleman says later when his counterpart spills hot chocolate on himself. He says, let Harry blow, let Harry blow. Uh, and I was like, what? No, these, don't let Harry do that. This, That's non consensual. Pair is something. I, I kind of like them. I'm not going to lie to you. I like how stupid they are. You've got Harry, unknown guy who spills uh, chocolate on himself, and Elliot, who is the big bruiser. Who So, like, it's this weird sort of comedic duo, and then Elliot the muscle. It's Mammoth Club. They're Mammoth Club. And. <laughs> Oh no! Tag yourself. <laughs> I know who I am. I actually wrote a comment. <laughs> I'm about, Elliot. I actually, in a little bit, have a have a note here about how what one of them says is very relatable. So I already know which one I am. <laughs> I, okay. Which one are you? The one who spills the hot chocolate. Your mama's kitchen discipline, Max. I'm mama's kitchen discipline. Your mama's kitchen discipline. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah. So these I don't think these characters are memorable enough for me to have an opinion. So I'll take whatever you uh <laughs> you feels good. Yeah. I, uh, I like them because I think they're funny for once. Like a lot of times we get these bumbling idiot villains and they're not funny, like in um Jumping Ship. Yeah. But I thought these guys were actually funny. Also like they were swindled and I think they deserve it. <laughs> like they, they were just funny and dumb enough where I was like, okay, you kind of deserve it, but you're funny enough to hang around. Yeah. This is sort of the inciting incident of the, of the movie. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I do think that they are, the writing was pretty weird. The like Harry blow thing was very weird. Mama kitchen discipline did make me laugh. 
I, I do think that they are mostly forgettable characters that are not in the movie very much. They just come in right now and then right at the end. And I don't know that they're needed. I think that like he he is scamming people and got it over his head is a fine motivation. I think it makes sense for what he's going to do. I don't know that I need that physically represented, but for a kid's movie with some like slapstick and like big characters, I understand it. I don't know that they make the movie better or worse, but it's fine. I would say it's probably just a, as you mentioned, a physical representation of the conflict that if like an adult watching would be like, Oh no, he got a bill for $30,000. He can't pay. And a kid's like, that's not that serious. Just don't pay the bill. Or or "Uh that guy's going to beat him up. Like, so this incites Nick having to acrobatically escape his home, nearly falling to his (laughs) death from a fire escape 13 seconds after they literally thought the same thing like why why while they're still outside inexplicable you know he is a man who does not like to wait he does not tarry he is he's a man of action and that action leads him to for the first time of many times in this film dress up as santa but this time, he steals clothes from a man taking a shit Wait, in the bathroom. <laughs> what I, would like, I would like to talk about that more, but can I just pin in the poop? Pin in the poop. Quick? Got it. Let's go on. Uh-huh. He is so stupid because when they're, when they're trying to rough him up and tell him, you know, if you don't get us our 30 grand by this oh. day, he goes, please don't take my laptop. It has all the information I need as well as this and this and this and this. Like you might as well just hand him the laptop. Like they're stupid and give it back to him. But I don't think I would be in a locked up situation and be like, it, it would be like if Alan was tied up and said to a criminal, Wait, why am I tied up? Please don't give me pesto. I'm allergic to it. Like you might as well just hand them the key to burn. Like why to success. you say that to somebody? <laughs> exactly. Right. He goes, don't take my laptop. It has everything I need on it, including this and this and this and this and this. And they're like stupid and give it back to him. But, no way I'd give it back to him if I was the... I'm I, I'm so glad you brought it back. You brought that up, Molly, because I also have to say one of the most uncomfortable lines in this movie was when he said, Lappy is very sensitive. And then, not Lappy! Like, he has, he has made this in... Uh, an anthropomorphic laptop. Yeah. True. You know, he has he has given it name and uh, and and established some kind yeah. of personality okay. I, to I, his I, laptop. I, I, I have, can't. I have the parallel now. If I was tied up by a criminal, oh, and, oh we're back. Okay, we're back. and yeah. I Criminals. said to them, "I'll do uh-huh. anything you want." Yeah. Uh, just don't hurt my dog. Sure. They would go for the dog, would they not? Sure. Like, yeah. I think that his point is like, I. I can't do anything with it. I, he says that at the end, right? They give him the laptop back because he's like, do you want me to make the money back? I need the laptop. Which that's right? fair, but it was before when he was like, "Totally." here's everything important about that laptop. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the opposite. It's, it's the like, please don't throw me in that briar patch, but the bad way. You know, like, please. Please don't throw me in that briar patch. <laughs> Another niche. Please don't hurt Lappy. Please, he's sensitive. Mustard, mustard and tea. So, Nick runs away, being chased after being discovered immediately by Elliot, the bodyguard. Goes to a Santa meet and greet location, 
tries to hide in the bathroom. Let's and take s- the pen out of the poop. We're taking the pen out of <laughs> yep, the poop. Yep. And finds conveniently located on the exterior of the stall for reasons Santa's jacket, hat, and beard. What, what he does you not have are the beard pants. off to shit if you were Santa. <laughs> What he does not, yeah, but they have hooks on the inside of the doors. I, I don't know, know why he throw it on the but, outside. Like he's clearly just on a break. Are the boots why did attached he... to the pants? <laughs> yes, yes. 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 Slides, he slides them off so so gracefully. It's it's like the Grinch, uh, the, the Grinch tablecloth scene where just whoop. Then just, yeah. I know. I, I'm serious. If this guy is playing Santa, is he really taking his beard off to poop? I would. Yeah. I mean, I I need some room to breathe. I think. That, I think. I I think the implication is he hasn't put on the Santa suit yet. Yeah. That is what uh, I read. He's getting as. ready for a show. He's getting ready. He's not on a bathroom break. I thought he, he was is... on like a 15 and he's like, no, no he's got to go out there. Take this she hasn't even yeah. clocked in yet. Um, yeah, he's getting started. Yeah. The elf is Quite out literally. there warming up the crowd, you know. He's in there warming Santa's up the bowls. Warming up, God. <laughs> he does. He grabs the boots and tugs and the entire yeah, bottom half. The whole thing comes up. out. It was, I was like, whoa. <laughs> he throws them on. It's like a onesie. True. He throws on the Santa suit, keeps on his fingerless gloves for some reason that he has. And his dumb hat. And his dumb hat. And runs out duping Elliot. And nope. then... <laughs> nice <laughs> and <laughs> uh, poop synonyms. Did you think I was making a poop joke? Yeah, I did. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <It wasn't. laughs> he dupes Elliot, and <laughs> now I am. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, all right. We're gonna get past it, listener. Here we go. We're, we're gonna get there. I promise. Pulls one over on our pal Elliot and makes his way past the line of children waiting to meet Santa and instead bails and gets on a bus. He just runs away from the kids. Like he just like Santa's gotta go. Like he just runs. He he could just sit there as Santa and like the people chasing him wouldn't, they just keep looking. But once again, he makes another bad move. Like, leave right after they left check one two <laughs> you have a good disguise and you could just sit here and they would weep now i agree this was the number two dumb oh, thing God. he did okay jesus <laughs> i guess i guess so if he starts meeting the kids and the actual santa walks out it's a problem i he has to yeah maybe this. there's that that yeah we don't want to have he's double just, exposure he's just not subtle though like yeah, the way he runs out is really yeah. question. Also, he picks the a methodology like buses have a bus stop. It's not a guarantee that it's going to be there when you show up. So he runs to a bus stop and he is stuck there until the bus pulls up. No, the bus, you know, the bus is well. The bus yeah, is there. It, I'm just saying. I mean, like, the script says it shows up. True, <laughs> but like otherwise, his timing it's is not impeccable. a problem. Uh, so Nick escapes in his Santa outfit. And heads to his brother, his younger brother's home. Yeah. While the family, now we cut back to the family. While the family is reading Twas the Night again, because we just can't get through that stupid book the entire time we're listening to, watching this movie. Nick knocks at the door and family drama plays out. He has a very weird, Nick has a very weird interaction with his younger brother's wife. Where he's like, do you look, it, it just felt a little off to me. And then greets each of the kids and it's, we, we see that he has a good relationship with all of his nieces and nephews, which is really nice. Yeah, Nick wants to bang his 
sister-in-law. Yeah, that's true. That's what I got. That's, he is he is down to clown. Yeah, it's like it's like um, the sister-in-law is heist wife. And the brother is the heist husband. And heist wife is like, you fucked, you know, and heist husband's like, you fucked my brother, Nick. You know, like, this is, this is it. You That's know? it. Yep. And he, he's dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> he put a marshmallow where? Oh, God. Whoa. Whoa. That's the line. No. I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast i don't know if we found it yet <laughs> after this interaction we have nick Jets start nuts roasting <laughs> on god damn it ho 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 indeed <laughs> jack frost nipping at your nose i need a drink <laughs> <laughs> My God! all right i have a question have yes a question. yes what's your question do you guys have a uh now and i i wrote this down here because i think we're gonna learn that he's really not a good guy but do you have anyone in your family you don't have to like dox your family members but did you do you have like a cool uncle cousin mentor of any kind that you looked up to and your parents were like ah, like maybe not the best person to have a role model relationship with no, I'm yes, th- is my answer. Yeah, while, yes. Alan, while Alan swirls yeah. on that, I'll just give an easy yes. But yes, I would say I actually had a couple. One was uh, just a bad role model. And the other one was sort of fine. But like the stuff that made him not great, like wasn't evident to me as a as a, it was like, oh, you're not very anyway. It's hard to say without like yeah. doxing, but yeah, yes, yeah. I had a couple of uh, of those in my family. Yeah. I don't think any of them were like detrimental. I think my family sort of supported me having a good relationship with my these family members. But I think looking back, I was like, oh, they're not great. No, I mean, not any that I like looked up to in that way. I think there was there were very like limited numbers of individuals who I looked up to in that way in my extended family. Um, but if I sit back and be like, are there iffy ones? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I had, I had two things come to mind when I thought about this. The first is I wouldn't say actually a problematic role model. I just, the relationship between Danny and Nick reminded me of my relationship with one of my uncles. Um, Mm. like he doesn't have any kids. And so he and I are, very close, but he's awesome, and everyone in my family thinks he's awesome. And not so, a bad role model. So yeah. not a bad role model, but I just felt that relationship of like mm-hmm. where he saw the other kids and it was fine, but then he sees Danny and it's like clearly his favorite of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I related to that. And then second, um, the person I looked up to that was probably a questionable role model was not a family member, but a um, person I spent a lot of time with because they were the lead person that instructed me in the main hobby I had mm. which was a very time consuming hobby mm. and so I spent a lot of time with them and then and I wanted to be just like this per- this is where it was my mm-hmm. back I was like that's what I want to do with my life and I want to be mm-hmm. just like this person and they're so cool and then as mm-hmm. I got older I was like oh yeah <laughs> I see why the- my mom was not so thrilled when I would say that I want to do that when I'm older yeah mm. yeah well Nick desperately wanted to plan 
Danny's high school trip, which involved a lot of international travel and, and babes, titties, boobs, booze. I don't remember all the bees. Gam- all they, they wanted to go though. gamble. They as were well. babes, yeah. beaches, boats, or something. Boats. It was three bees: babes, beaches, and boats. Maybe I don't remember. Sure. They all. And he it wanted reminds to go and, me of Sorority Rush. I'm sure you all remember Sorority Rush so well. I do. Yeah. They told us not to talk about the three B's with people, which mm-hmm. were boys, mm-hmm. bucks, and Bible. The only bucks. bucks like money. Oh, bucks. Oh, I understand. Not not the deer. I was very confused. Same. Mm-hmm. The three B's I'm familiar with are bears. Yeah. Beats. Yeah, and Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yeah, those are my three Bs. Yeah. Which is significantly different than babes, boats, and beaches. Yeah. Not what you want your uh, brother to tell your, like, 12-year-old son in front of you, probably. Well, also, like... Yeah, but I'm going to be honest, very similar to an uncle relationship I had. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the guy that was going to come in and be like, we're going to talk about chicks! You know what I mean? Like, it was... That was absolutely my uncle relationship. A thousand percent. They have that exchange where you get to kind of know the relationship that Nick has with everybody, specifically Danny. And then mom and dad, who we learn are both doctors, get called away to the hospital on Christmas Eve. Mm. So they are Because forced. of? Because of? The reindeer flu. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Well, we do hear about how the, the reindeer should have gotten their so- flu shot later on. I know 100%. it gets called back, but I had to laugh when it was because of the reindeer flu. I was like, that's okay. All right. Yeah. That's when you said like, remember that? It wasn't it in the early aughts when we had like mad cow disease running rampant. Then we had mm-hmm. this, then we had the swine the flu and avian even. flu. Yeah. So it was a reindeer flu. I, I do have to appreciate that. They just made both parents doctors. They're like, we got to get these parents out of here. Okay. One of them could be a doctor. They card the hospital. What about mom? Um, We'll just do the same thing. Just do that. <laughs> hey, just, I'm, I would rather than make mom a doctor than mom no, 100%, some like yeah, emergency 100%. with the PTA or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I 100% agree. Like they should. Yeah, I like that. I like that they, they don't just default. But it was funny to me that they're like, cool, we'll just do the same thing for both of them. Uh, Copy oh, paste. You, you got called too? Crazy. Like, uh, what are the we'll odds? Just, we'll just solve this problem in, in a jiff. Like the reindeer flu will handle both parents. And they exit. Dad is not thrilled that Nick, his older brother, is going to keep an eye on the kids. So he sends all the kids to bed before 9 p.m. Dad is an absolute ass oh right God, now. What a dick. He is so mean to Danny. And I understand Danny like swindled his younger brother earlier and you're mad about that. And I understand that you have some unpacked family trauma with your brother. But like he is so blatantly rude to his brother and then so blatantly just mean to Danny I did have to laugh when they do right as they're like Nick's like I got it under control we're gonna read the book and like gets the twas the night book out and all the kids like pile onto the couch did you all notice that the sister falls on the ground like (laughs) like, all the leaps across like Danny jumps on, Pete jumps between them. The the sister like leaps across and just falls on the ground. And Brian Cranston like picks her up real quick and puts her on the couch. I was like, nice, good save, nice one take, good job there, Brian. Yeah. She just like rolls off onto the ground. And he just grabs her and puts her up on the couch. Next to good him. improv skills, Brian. Good yeah. improv skills. They also had a brief discussion there about um, because the sister gave a sick burn. I waffled between liking the sister a lot and thinking she was terrible. 
terrible. But she had a sick burn here where they talk about believing in Santa and Danny looks to Pete and is like, well, listen to, to the sister. Uh, and it's like, hey, some people here believe in Santa. And isn't that good? And isn't that a positive thing? And she was, I forget the setup for the line delivery, but it was something to the effect of, you know, how can anybody believe in Santa? It's so mythical. He believes in you. Isn't that enough to show that his belief is crazy? Now, he mm. says, like, uh, how come you won't let him believe in make-believe? Or so. And then she hits him with, She's, he believes in you. Isn't that enough? And it's like, ooh, yeah. ooh, sick burn, Savage. sister. Also not something that a 11-year-old would say maybe, but hey, what do I know? She was reading an, a, a, a quantum physics book earlier. Yeah, so. spoken, like a, spoken like a writer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> spoken like a writer who's trying to unpack their own family trauma. It's yeah, similar yeah. to uh, Katie and Brink where it's like, no one, no child. No one talks like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. After this whole rigmarole. Can I say, though, that the sister is kind of being an ass right here and ruining Santa for her little brother? Totally. Like, she's totally. like, based on my physics, meh, 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 and she spits a bunch of stuff out, and uh, Nick and Danny are like, well, I guess that explains why he eats so much cookie, so many cookies. Like, yeah. they're like counteracting everything she says but she's just like hammering down that santa's not real and the little brother's like but i i thought he was real and it's like just shut up is it weird to you as 30 something year old adults that don't have kids is it weird to you how many christmas movies just stare right in the face of people not believing in santa like it is, is it weird odd. in a shell is it weird in a children's movie to be like no kids don't believe in santa that's a thing like it I mean, I guess yeah. you kind of have to, but it, it always is strange to me. Mm. I guess it's strange now, but as a kid, I didn't think anything of it. You just like, I think you might write yeah, that that true. other kid off of like, that other kid just has no faith. Um, or you just didn't believe in Santa. Yeah, I don't know. The line is, hey, hey, chill out, Katie, because some of us like believing in impossible things. He believes in you. Isn't that enough? Hmm. Mm. It's a sick burn. Sick burn. Got him. It's a sick burn. Dad sends all the kids to bed. The parents go to work. And we have a small scene with Nick at Lappy getting a call that he cannot turn off with his compatriots who we met earlier. They're their second of three appearances. Uh where they're like, you can't turn this off. We know we've uh, we've geolocated you. We can find you and da 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 da. And then he pulls. You know, this is exactly how computers work, right? Yeah. In two thousand and one, this is how computers work. That's right. He pulls a skull and crossbones icon of a virus he does. He does. to the video screen of right. the Three Stooges and drops it there and is like, "This is going to shut down your computer and every computer in a fifty mile radius." Which that feels destructive, Brian. Yeah, no kidding. I let me just say, I love any early two thousands media about computers. It's my favorite thing that is in any television or film is a 2000s comprehension of how a computer works. It's the best thing. I'm just like, they're like, we knew your email address and therefore we can call you on video and locate <laughs> your computer. And then I can drag a super virus over onto the video and then put it in the recycle bin and it goes away. Like 
Dude, I fucking love early 2000s computer content. It's, it's, it's so the good. best. I'm going to tell you right now, this film got a 0.5 higher for me because of early 2000s computer stuff because it's so crazy. I just love it so much. It's it's just so fantastical. Well, and because what it, what it does, I love how it felt like a bit of a throwaway line from Nick of like, and every computer in a 50 mile radius because that's the impetus for Santa's sleigh falling out of the mm-hmm. sky mm-hmm. is this virus. So Santa's sleigh falls out of the sky, lands on the Wrigley family's roof. Yeah. And Danny runs down to find, Oh God, my favorite fucking scene is about to happen and I can't wait. Danny runs down to Nick. They discuss it's a squirrel on the roof. It must be a squirrel the size of a mastiff. Da-da-da-da-da. Well, then they hear some noise down the chimney. And as Brian Cranston tries to find the right fire poker implement to beat the intruder over the head with, mm-hmm. he stops talking mid-sentence. And I was like, this is weird. And yeah. then pixels circa Windows 98 <laughs> Hell yeah. fly Dude, from the... Dude, it is the... dino DNA is what yes. it is. Why isn't it snow? I have no idea. Uh, honestly, I, a better call. I have no explanation for you for why it is green and blue dino DNA that comes into this house. But it should be snow. I, we are we are aligned it but be anything, that, anything other but, than what it is but this this swarm of pixels flies forth from the chimney through the fireplace and coalesces into santa and this is when we are supposed to believe that santa has stopped time now instead Do you think of time stop or is it suspended animation I I actually thought about this. Is he freezing them and time continues or is he stopping time? Either one of them will solve the like, how does Santa get in without people knowing thing. But it wasn't clear to me whether he was stopping time or if he was just freezing them and time continues to move. So I am of the opinion that it is time stopping because, because as he fought the fireplace stops as well right so that is presumably like he's stopping everything around him in a field so that he can go in and deliver presents and then the the timeline like keeps moving over time but it's suspended animation wouldn't they still like slowly move in the direction that they were moving to try to accomplish the thing they wanted to do well i mean i will point out that they are slow they're just oh, wobbling they're, they're <laughs> wobbling they're they are wobbling. not still at all <laughs> i was literally like why are they moving so slow like i didn't even catch that they were supposed to be frozen because they were uh, moving like a good deal uh-huh. um i think though here's my question about if it's time stopping if he had to stop time at max's house mm-hmm and then he came to our house, wouldn't our times be off then? Like, wouldn't he be fucking up time for everyone? I think there are, he, I think he would be globally stopping time. He just pops right. in. You just don't want to see Everybody's stopping? No, I no, don't think that's No, it. the problem is- I, I don't think it's time stop either. Yeah. I think he's suspended, mostly because later we see Danny continue to function. Theoretically, if whoever hit the ball stopped time, then Danny would be stopped later when it's Nick and Danny as well. I think you're suspending animation at whatever you're pointing it at. That's fair. That's fair. I hadn't, I hadn't considered the fact that we have people like taking action miles away doing uh, anything that they're yeah. doing. Otherwise, time would be ruined for everyone if because he, he would be stopping it. Even if he only stops it for a minute at every house he goes to, that's a minute times however many houses he goes to, and time would be fucked up. Regardless, we're introduced to... I know a to, lot about time. You do. You're an expert. I'm always the time queen, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We learn of this ball that has a lot of powers. 
One is transporting yeah. via dino DNA. The other is, as we have sussed out, suspended animation. And the third we have yet to discover, but we, we will discover shortly, is shrinking and unshrinking objects. Crazy. I actually like this ball because it does answer a lot of the Santa questions. Like, I it's thought true. this was a pretty clever way to explain Santa. Like, it's, okay, he, he can get into the chimney because he can do the pixel thing. He can have a sack full of presents for everyone because he can shrink them all down. Like, I thought it I thought it answered the Santa questions. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was clever. It was a very clever use of, like, a, a physical device that is designed to answer the questions that the middle sister, Catherine, Catherine Amen. posed Amen. earlier. But Santa appears on the scene with one mission, and that is to find the virus that Albert the Elf has located to Lappy and then take it and drag it from the pixelated screen to the recycle bin and then stop the virus because, you know, computer stuff. In this time, he's like, all right, who's in this house? It's the Wrigley family, and he wants to give the presents. And we find out that uh, the two youngest children of the Wrigley family are on the nice list, Danny is on the naughty list, and Nick is on the permanent naughty list. He pulls out the tiny presents, makes them big, and then clicks as he's on his way out, accidentally fumbles with the ball of powers and drops it, and it brings suspended animation to a close, and now we have Nick and Danny meeting Santa. This chaotic scene ends with Santa falling forward slow-mo styles and being concussed. Yeah, it is at this moment that I realized this was a Santa Claus situation. True. Oh, like yeah. Like a Tim Allen Santa Claus this, situation. This movie is truly part the Santa Claus, yeah. p- part the Grinch, and part Lucky Number Slevin, which is a great mob movie that starts with getting in debt and owing people money. <laughs> or Ocean's 12. Sure. He being in debt. Yeah. Lucky Number Slevin? Like Lucky that. Number Slevin, Bruce Willis is in it. You may have heard of him. You know? I, you know? <laughs> it's a name I've heard imagine. a couple times. Can't imagine why you would know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I actually really like that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it starts with so it like the whole thing is like this guy's like gets in over his head betting on stuff mm-hmm. and owes people a lot of money and then it's a whole thing. But it's like that's Nick's story. Exactly. Guys, can I just voice my a uh, a uh, 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 thing that I sure. I thought in this movie and I, and I don't want to hold this up on this. But I think you're right, Molly. This ball does answer a lot of the Santa questions. I love that it answers the, like, how does he get in without anybody knowing thing. I love that it answers the how does he, how does big man get in the chimney question. <laughs> I love, it answers a lot of questions. It, it, it answers the, how does he carry all those damn presents around, right? We've had, we've seen magic bag, right? Like we've seen all kinds of, I like that it gives the answer. Here's my main problem, all right? And no film has explained this problem to me, probably because there's not a good answer, Mm -hmm. but here's my main concern, all right? All of these movies start with the premise that the parents don't believe in Santa, all right? Santa Claus, all right? This movie, whatever, right? Like many of these Christmas movies, the parents don't believe. Santa Claus is a good example, right? My main problem is that if Santa is coming in and putting presents under the tree, the parents not know that there are presents they didn't put under the damn tree yeah nobody has ever answered that in film that is a fair 
Observation. I'm good with like, how does he get in the magic, move the chimney, magic chimney, Dino DNA. I'm good with like, how does he, he should sneak it, right? I gotta go to bed, right? He's quiet boy. That's fine. I'm good with, how, I don't even care about how he gets around the world fast. He's got fucking magic reindeers. But you're telling me that he leaves presents under the tree. Everyone wakes up. The kids get to enjoy presents that Santa left there. And the parents aren't like, well, where do those damn things come from? I mean, that happens at the end of this movie later on. That's Spoilers, true. Like the parents are like, did you buy that? They literally mouth that to each other across the tree. Nobody's explaining that. <laughs> That's like, true. No one's ever explained that. Like it is, it is the pivotal thing that I struggle with. It's like, how, how could parents not believe? Every year, there's fucking gifts under the tree that they didn't put there. All I can think about are all the memes around Christmas that are like joking about how the dads are just as surprised as the kids because the mom does all the shopping. So it's sure. believable to me that the dad wouldn't know those presents sure. are there. Yeah, but mom's mom. on top of that list. She's she yeah. made that she list and checked it twice. Yeah, she did all the shopping. Yeah, that's I, a, that's I a just, great question. I just I just got to voice it because I feel it. I feel it every time I watch the Santa Claus, which is, maybe, you know, every year. Maybe there's magic with the presents or something that makes the parents forget they didn't buy it. Maybe like when they open it, it's kind of like if you like a get, men in black situation, they yeah, get maybe like carbon oh, monoxide poisoning. Every every pair of parents is scatterbrained. And it's it's like it's like when people mail drugs. Remember when that was a problem? When I'm people sorry. We're afraid that come again. Anthrax. It's like when this is the anthrax situation. Anthrax. <laughs> and people were afraid they were going to get mailed anthrax. Maybe okay. there's like magic anthrax. And Whoa. when when the Santa is Jesus shipping Christ. magic anthrax, yeah. is what and like, you are suggesting? And like when, when they start opening those presents, it goes into the air and uh-huh. it just the parents just forget that they don't know where Santa that present's from. is stuffing presents with drugs is what you maybe just suggested. Yeah, he's got his own I brand mean, of... I mean, have you thought of a better Answer. He's the greatest cartel leader there's ever been. Yeah. I mean, he's got enough you think that the You think the North Pole is covered in snow? <laughs> that's sand, that's Santanthrax <laughs> right there. Oh, my God. Cocaine. <laughs> oh, God. I, I mean, until someone comes up with a better explanation, I'm sticking with uh, it. I'm waiting on the Christmas movie that dares to answer that question. Be bold. <laughs> we, we've we solved the chimney thing. Solved yeah. it. I don't need a damn chimney explanation anymore. I got it. He walks in the front door. Like... Oh, that's so funny. By the way, I love that all these movies are solving that. The last thing I'll say about this. I love that all these movies do solve for like, what if you don't have a chimney, right? Like Santa Claus, like a magic chimney exists, like whatever. I literally remember when I was a kid, I was like, we don't have a chimney. And my parents were like, yeah, he just comes in the door, bro. Like there was no, there was no attempt to like make it magic. It was like, yeah, he just uses the door, my dude. Like, (laughs) Oh God! I mean, listen. I think those are all. That's a that's a well thought out discrepancy. That once again, this film fails to answer. What we do no, have, no though, film has been brave enough. Agreed. It's it's like the 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 film of the musical Cats. This is the cat's butthole of Christmas <laughs> movies that nobody dares answer nor show. Yeah. What we do get though is Danny and Nick standing over Santa's concussed form. 
And there's a back and forth where they discover some of the powers of the orb. And initially, Danny's like, hey, we got to go save Christmas. Nick is not on board until Nick goes up and sees the Santa sleigh situation via the orb. Comes back down as a change of heart. And then they set off. Here's the question. To save Christmas. If you knocked out a man in your home, would you not call someone? Like your parent doctors? Like, like your parent doctors. Like, they're just like, let's just leave this man concussed on the floor. Dude, what I think is crazy is that they're like, well, we can't leave my little sister and little brother here. Yeah. And then Nick's like, well, he's an adult. I'm sorry. The stranger that is concussed <laughs> that just committed B&E. I don't care if you think he's Santa or whatever. A stranger broke into your home and you're going to leave him tied up as the only responsible adult in your home with your little brother and sister? And this, I, I guess, is supposed to be Nick showing his level of convincing that he has over Danny. And I wish I could say that was consistent. But Danny's complicit. Well, Danny looks up to Nick. He thinks Nick's the coolest. So he, he kind of goes along with what he says a lot of the movie. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is Nick has discovered the powers of the orb, suspended Danny in it. Like he is he has frozen Danny. He has found the sleigh and he's hatched a plan. He wants to Nick steal. Has hatched his scamas mm. and his answer to the thirty thousand dollars that he owes the goofball trio that is after him. He mm. had an idea. The Grinch had an awful idea. Uh -huh. <laughs> that is <laughs> that what scene happens. where his smile. That yeah, is exactly. that is literally bright Christ right now. They yeah. set off in the sleigh with Danny wanting to save Christmas and Nick wanting to save his financial situation. Yeah. They go to every home and Danny is relaying. Well, they, they go to every home in the rich part of town. Correct. <laughs> Danny's yeah. or Nick is very, uh, very instrumental in saying this is what neighborhood we should start at. So while Nick is down sort of delivering, uh, quote unquote, the presence, Danny is relaying Santa's naughty nice facts about the individuals in the family. And Nick is shrinking a lot of valuable items in the home and stuffing them into his Santa's robes that he is now wearing for a second time. The ones that he stole off of a pooping person before. This sort of continues, and it happens over and over and over again. The, the, this series of actions by Danny and Nick repeat a lot. It's a lather and repeat situation. The only thing that changes is that Danny feels the naughty and nice system is unfair, so he's going to try to give kids presents from the list that can help solve, taper their naughtiness mm -hmm. in order to maybe get them back on the nice list. I, I did kind of like that because I did think it was shitty if you're on the naughty list. Like, they look at the log and they're like, this kid wanted a skateboard last year, but he was on the naughty list, so he got an ant farm. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. well, that sucks. Like, you just get something completely random that you have no desire to have like yeah I, it is it's an interesting take because the classic is coal right which doesn't modernize very well i think it's funny to give kids toys that are boring toys like watch these damn ants crawl around you know like that's that's what naughty kids get is just shitty toys right like <laughs> i wish they got like shitty household items like it's like you get a whisk like <laughs> Enjoy this. Here's spatula. a broom. Maybe you should clean up a little right. bit and you can earn a nice toy, you know? Uh, here's a hamster ball. You don't have a hamster, but here's the hamster ball. <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
so this is all occurring and throughout this entire experience nick continues to steal from very very rich parts of town we do get the decom classic of seeing the same damn scene seven times man like this is this has been happening a lot lately where they're like here's what happens in the movie here's it again here's it again here's it again and like they that we see this happen at multiple houses and it's not necessary they could have taken a page out of the grinch where the, it's just the montage of the grinch mm-hmm. stealing christmas they could have done that yeah but they don't they, they they do not do that while the same scene is happening over and over again we have pete and Catherine come down to see santa waking up from his concussed state they interrogate him they find out that he is in fact santa after Two questions seems like enough <laughs> and after having an incredibly reasonable conversation with santa we learn that Catherine is not only a genius but she's also a kid hacker it's been a minute since we've had a kid hacker and i'm it glad to have one back because i always like the bit of the kid hacker i do like that this is the second movie the second christmas movie in a row we've had where the kids are like, prove to me you're Santa, and Santa says some disparaging information about that child, and that's the way, right? Like, <laughs> think about to Ultimate Christmas Present, they're like, prove it. And he's like, you have a crush on this boy, and no one knows, and you're embarrassed about it. And now she's like, prove it. And he's like, you cheated on a spelling test in the third grade. Like, it's just, here's a really specific disparaging piece of information about you that is my proof. Like... It's a, and you know what? It works. Why, why ruin a good thing? It works for them. They hatch a plan to hack into Santa's sleigh because it's computerized because all the reindeer have the reindeer flu. Callback. Right. They should have like gotten the flu shots. Yeah. And they realize Nick's computer is not going to have enough power because that's how hacking works. That's Nick's right. computer is not going to have enough power <laughs> to hack the sleigh. Uh-huh. So they got to go to the Best Buy, right? They, Circuit <laughs> City. They got to go. Radio Shack. <laughs> right. They, yeah, our rest in peace. It was, what, it was called like CompuStore or something yeah. like it's that. It's straight up like, just one of, it. pick one of those three. Oh, man, it but, was so good. I freaking love this, this story beat. It's but incredible. Did that murder them? Because if they figure out how to hack into the sleigh, wouldn't it just fall from the sky? We, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We, we get that happening later. <laughs> in, an, in, a, in a feat of convenience, the sleigh is piloted by the same joystick <laughs> that, that Danny that, has the used Top before. Gun video game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Can I also say, I love that along with like the the dumb like computer stuff i like when they just say computer words or like made up computer <laughs> yeah. words because she's like none of these computers will work we need the lens caster 3000 <laughs> yeah. it's like- dude my, f- my absolute favorite is when she rattles off the specs of the of the computer <laughs> later she's like it's got 500 megabytes of ram and i was like yeah okay like that doesn't like, fucking matter in hacking it's also, it's also very mean, small it's just so funny to look back at it now because it's so small you know like it's just so good <laughs> me looking at my 32 gigs like mm, yeah, i remember 500 it's, megs it's so good i uh, love it computer talk they set out on this expedition with santa driving the station wagon effectively to the 
store, but yeah. not without a crazy beat in an alley where Santa gets in a fucking tickle fight. Before the tickle fight, can I say I love the fish out of water with Santa bit that we have oh, going? Yeah. Like, I think this is funny. It kind of reminded me of Hocus Pocus 2 a little bit mm. of like the you could drive you're an adult and then he obviously can't drive because he's santa claus like i think that bit's funny and uh it made me laugh the whole time like he doesn't know what's going on at the store he's just kind of like doesn't understand the real world and these little <laughs> kids are trying to explain it to him it's like guys i, I just do, don't know i do find a little bit of you know just tension with now i thought the computer store was gonna be closed because they had gone to bed and then there was a B and E and then like Santa was already coming to home. It's like, and it's like it, Christmas it's Eve. the middle of the night, right? Like I thought the computer store was closed. And so when they're like, well, let's go to the computer store. I was like, all right, so you're Santa, you're okay with B and E and of a computer store. And you're okay with driving without a license. I mean, come on, man. Like the, this is uh, some really naughty list material you're taking <laughs> on here. I don't, I don't know if Santa would really support this, you know, like, I mean, it's all in service of the greater good, getting him back his sleigh. And to be fair, he might have a sleigh license, which I don't yeah. know how that translates to. But I agree, license. Molly. I, I agree. I love like overwhelmed Santa. Like this is this is overwhelmed Santa. It's right? so like, good. It, and I like overwhelmed Santa. Let's talk about this tickle fight. I, I was very uncomfortable. I, I don't want, want to. to. It was, I, I don't want to talk about you know, it. We're going to. Buckle up. I, Everybody get uncomfortable. Please don't. So he, 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 <laughs> Santa is in the vehicle. He's taken a shortcut. Bad idea, Santa. You don't know how to drive. You don't know where the fuck you are. You fly over these streets. You don't drive on them, friend. And these individuals, these ne'er-do-wells are spray painting some graffiti on the wall. Was and it then, a dick? We didn't get to see enough of it, but I bet it was a dick. It was probably a dick. Probably a little wee-wee. And they go up to the to the car that they're in begin shaking it and santa gets out of the car and adopts a bruce lee stance and i was like santa knows karate this is going to be incredible to watch santa execute some karate i was sorely disappointed because santa lunges at his opponent and tickled them and said i hate this scene I thought Santa was going to tell him something embarrassing about himself yeah. in front of his friend. A disparaging amount of information, which, which has is been the Santa standby. Yes, I thought he was going to be like, hey, don't do that, or I'll tell all your friends how you peed your pants until you were 12. And sure. then it would be like, oh, shit. And then like Santa would, that's how he would win. But no, mm -hmm. it was much worse. Nope. It tickles him. We all, he, he can do great feats of skill in acrobatics because he runs up a fucking wall he in the next scene. He did do that. But he ran up a wall to close the distance to pin one of these ne'er-do-wells to the put of the car and tickled them. And that somehow endears the ne'er-do-wells to Santa and they become friends? Yeah, he, he daps him up. He's, he's, he's into it. I uh, He's got a fetish. Listen, I'm here to yuck any yums. hate being tickled. I I find... I know. It's the worst. Being tickled it's the, the worst. worst. Yeah. And you can't stop it because yeah. you're laughing so then the yeah. person's like ha, we're having fun and it's like i am not no, having I'm fun i'm not having fun <laughs> I, I hate it hate it yeah listen yeah. my advice to you is do not get in a fight with santa then because i would rather him tell a disparaging fact about me honestly same Hard <laughs> honestly same. tell me i agree tell me bad things tell people they arrive at the computer shop 
Now, and yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah, go on. One, I have two things. One, you I have just, two things. I, I just, yeah, I just have, I just have to comment on the Christmas rap song that is playing <laughs> in the background. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what I want to say about it except to say like I can't not acknowledge it. Okay, we it's can't so go through good. this scene and not comment brilliant. on the fact that there is a Christmas rap song it happening brilliant, Max. in in the back of this scene. I I don't I don't have anything else to say except like what the fuck. Uh, good point. Good point. Number two, they got an escort from the graffiti artists to the computer store by their car with the hydraulics. Like, why are they? What are they? The cops? Like, giving them an escort to the computer store? I just don't. I just. Why? I just did a brief Google search of the Twas the Night rap. We have so many options to choose from. There's a lot of them, I guess. There are a lot but they're of probably them. not all related to this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's probably not the one from this film, though. I'm a little bit mad that it's not the Run DMC Christmas and Hollis, but... Um, I wish it was, yeah. True. Listener, Sorry. just go listen to it. It's um, something. It is. But correct, they get an escort from the ne'er-do-wells, become friends. Yeah. They've, they've been converted to the good side. Yeah. And they arrive at the Radio Shack... And have to destroy... This is a, another heist that's occurring. While while Nick is being sort of doing the bad version of the heist, where he is stealing from these people, we have a righteous heist occurring with Santa and the two children. And they need a distraction for how we can have Catherine hack in this conveniently placed in the middle of the store computer. And two movies in the last three viewings involve a child urinating in places they shouldn't needing the assistance of an adult because that is the distraction that Pete has to play. He, he walks up. He's like, all right, I've got a, I've got an idea. I will distract the store manager. He walks up and does the classic, like doesn't get out of the way. You know that, you know, when you're walking down a hallway and there's somebody walking towards you and you're on the same side of that hallway. And one of you has to determine who's going to shift around the other person. And then you, you reach that you've run out of time. You are now standing face to face with that person and you're both like juking each other in the same direction. You know that awkward exchange? That's what Pete's doing mm-hmm. on purpose. Yeah. And then he hits the store manager with, I got to pee. He's like, I'm not your dad. Find the bathroom. He's like, factually correct. I was like, correct store manager. <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. Pete goes, I don't know where it is. I guess I'm just going to pee right here. <laughs> then the store manager's like, no, Dude, that's actually it's smart. A, it's that's a power smart. play. <laughs> I don't know if that's real. I'll piss on the floor. Like, <laughs> right here. In, you're going to have to deal with this, pal. More more I'll you. piss on these computers. <laughs> yeah, like, he was going to pee on a rack. Like, he's destroying whatever was there. And uh, my respect for Pete skyrocketed <laughs> in this moment. I thought that was genius. <laughs> Brilliant yeah. job, Pete. Spencer Breslin would never. <laughs> yeah. He would never be so brave. Oh. And they begin to hack the sleigh. Spencer Breslin would go, but I've got to go. It would be so over the top. I need to pee. (laughs) But I'm going to go right here. (laughs) 
in Canada, Spencer Breslin <sighs> is at the North Pole right now. That's so. right. That's right. Right. He's he's an elf. Spencer Spencer <sighs> Breslin is worried about Santa. Oh God. Well, he should second, be very worried about Santa. The second right now. time this dude's gone down. Do you think this this Santa is the is Santa that Tim Allen is murders pre, is the one that falls off the roof? Oh, is this a prequel to the is Santa a prequel Claus? To the Santa Claus? This I mean, Santa, Santa Claus comes out five years later, but I it mean, could be Santa a Claus is earlier than this. No, I know it came out five years or earlier. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. earlier. Yeah, five years earlier. Uh, it could be a prequel because this Santa is very accident prone. It's true. I, I think. Like it. Uh, I think that we are putting that into existence. I like it. God, I actually oof. did want for a Santa Claus joke because at one point we haven't gotten into it yet. But at one point, Nick's like, "How do you even get this job?" And I really wanted to maybe like, "Ah, probably got fell off a ladder." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I really wanted there to be a, a a reference, but there wasn't one. You know, I gotta say, I'm not surprised, Catherine. First of all, it's not Catherine; it's Caitlin. Caitlin. We have Caitlyn hacking the sleigh. I'm not surprised that Caitlyn is getting into this, sh- these shenanigans, this monkey business. Tell me You're why like, ain't nothing. This is not the first time she's been involved in some monkey business. Oh, that's yeah. We're <laughs> here. We're here. Mm-hmm. We're here. Because we Brenda it. Great, who plays Caitlyn in this film, also voiced a little, a little ape. You might know what a gorilla. What? Not a monkey. I'm sorry, what? A gorilla. She voiced Turk in Tarzan 2. The legend. Oh, I was oh, like, shit. this is not Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> no, it is not. Like, I feel correct. I feel confident this is not Rosie O'Donnell. No, it is right not now. Rosie O'Donnell, but Rosie O'Donnell did not return for Tarzan 2, mm, so they had sure, Brenda sure, Great sure. voice Turk. Okay. Also, in Tarzan 2, The Legend Begins is a character named Mama Gunda. Mm-hmm. Mama Gunda, in all of our hearts, was voiced by Estelle Harris, who we all probably know as Mrs. Potato Head from the Toy Story franchise, of course. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. Side note, she was alive during Toy Story 4. She, she passed away last year. Don Rickles passed away before Toy Story 4, but they had enough archival footage from the other three movies and all the video games and stuff that they could make Toy Story 4 with his voice. I wonder what's going to happen in Toy Story 5 now that they are both gone. Huh. Well, you know, they might... Um, a lot of AI stuff happening right now. They might try to get the family sure. to sign I, over the rights. I, I bet they could recreate a voice. I just feel like those are two very iconic voices. But speaking of Toy Story 4, uh, we were introduced to one of the greatest toys of all time, Duke Kaboom. Hell yeah. We love Duke Kaboom. We do love Duke Kaboom. We love Keanu. And that is, of course, who voiced Duke Kaboom, Keanu Reeves. One of his uh, most famed roles, he plays Jack Traven in Speed, alongside Alan's crush, Sandy B. Sandy B. Uh, And, you know, what would Speed be without an assistant art director? That's what I ask myself when yeah, I what watch would it those, be? When I, I watch I'm, I'm not sure. I'm and, certainly uh, not sure. And, and Jeff Hubbard was that assistant art director. But you know what? By 1998, he'd gotten a promotion to art director mm, on the congrats. cinematic masterpiece Armageddon. Wow. Well, we made it. We did make it. And you know, Armageddon couldn't happen without important roles such as NASA tech. Can't have a space movie without a NASA tech. Which one, though? Well, the one played by Andy Midler. I'm so glad you asked. Oh. Andy Midler had a recurring 
spot on my favorite television show of all time, Parks and Recreation. He played Freddy. Now, not Freddy Spaghetti, but Freddy, the owner of the Snake Hole Lounge. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, but of course, the most notable character of all of Parks and Recreation, Leslie Nope, my hero, my icon, my role model, a good role model, unlike Uncle Nick, played by the incomparable Amy Poehler. Another very prominent Amy Poehler role, she voiced Joy in Inside Out, one mm. of Max's favorite movies. I do now, love Inside Out. Yeah, and I will say, as much as I love Leslie Nope, Joy is not who I identify with. I think we got two disgusts in the yeah. house. Uh, disgust right here. Yeah, yeah, disgust right here. Alan might be Joy. Alan can be Joy. Alan's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, you know what did not bring me joy was what? when Bing Bong died in Inside sure. Out. It is sure. I felt sadness at that time, but indeed. Uh, Bing Bong was voiced by Richard Kind, who also played a character named Roy in the Santa Claus Brothers. And in that film, Santa Claus was voiced by none other than Uncle Nick, Brian Cranston. And that cartoon came out the year after this one. So he put on those Santa boots one more time. Damn, he got a little typecasted here. He got a little typecast. This is before Breaky Bad. Imagine he goes from that to Walter White. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it was only upon doing this Armageddon that I realized that Brian Cranston was the dad in Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. I never like oh, put yeah. that together because I didn't really yeah, watch yeah, yeah. that show. And he was also the he, he started in How, in How I Met, Met Your, Your Mother, Mother as uh, the I can't who was Ted's boss. Oh, at Lily oh yeah, 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 oh. yeah, 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 the uh, the architect guy. Yeah. Wait, no, I did know that. Sorry, when I read the name, I thought he was. It was a different character. Yeah, he's Ted's boss in How I Met Your Mother as well, yeah, which yeah, I thought yeah. about. Hmm. Well, uh, Hammond Druthers, that's his name. Hammond Druthers. Druthers. Right, right, yeah, yeah right. Uh, yes, a wide, steal a, that Pete Rose baseball. Yeah. No, uh, oh, fucking Lily does that. That is what put the nail in the coffin for Lily being one of my least favorite characters in television history. It's, it's so a, it's immature. Not a, it's not a good moment for her, for it's sure. It's so immature. Like, you are jeopardizing your best friend's job. No matter if he's yeah. a dick or not, you can't put your friend's no, job in danger. It's, it's horrible. Terrible. Yeah. Very bad play. Very kindergarten play. You've been armageddon the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. I should have done it all in rhyme. Sorry. Mm, real mess here. I'm sure we'll get another holiday film. <laughs> <laughs> Probably in a year. <laughs> yeah, in about 12 months. Okay. She's hacking. It's here we learn that all computers in this universe have joysticks true because the one that caitlin is hacking on has a joystick she says i'm gonna take control of the sleigh who's driving now danny they asked something about joysticks did you guys have computer games uh-huh. with joysticks yeah because it seems like that was a prominent thing in the early 2000s based on this yeah one. i did not have one my father did actually that's the exact same for me yeah i my dad was really into a flight simulator game that he had a joystick for i did play it once or twice but that's i i agree alan i actually there was a joystick with our computer but i'd never utilized it Mm -hmm. as the sleigh begins to shudder and be taken over danny decides that the only way to take back control of the sleigh is to turn it off and turn it back on again 
a classic. In midair. It's a nightmare, though. <laughs> In mid-fucking-air. And as it shudders... Nick is like, well, just do it then. Now, Nick is supposed to be an established computer whiz because he's been scamming people for so long. You'd think he'd be calm, cool, and collected. Nay, nay. So they hit the power off button, and then we get a scream sequence, because why wouldn't we? As they plummet to the earth yep. straight down, which also yep. wouldn't work with any of Newton's laws of physics. They'd move it an arc, but that's neither here nor there. And as they're plummeting to earth... They hit the on button again, and they just barely are able to bring this sleigh under their control over a mansion that is hosting a gala on Christmas Eve. I'd like to point out that uh, Nick says, this isn't Splash Mountain. And I thought, unfortunately, we're two years too early because Mission Space would have been a better joke. Mm. More relevant with the joystick and the theme of flying. I don't know what Splash Mountain has to do with. Well, it's a fall. Space Mountain would have been better. Space Mountain would have been better, but the, the I, I think the joke is about a drop, so I don't think Mission Space actually works. The iconic drop of Splash Mountain. Yeah. They, Never heard of it. <laughs> they go into this uh, gala. Danny is delivering presents and catches Nick having done a lot of like shenanigans, almost kind of a salty shenanigans in this, this heist sequence as he's mm-hmm. stealing things, moving things around. He's being very weird. He yeah, like, super odd. He like kisses. He he like puts his cheek up assaults. to a woman. Yeah, yeah, like like kisses a woman. It, it's 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 weird. Also, he only needed thirty G's. He had thirty G's by now. Oh, well, we'll, yeah. see, we'll see all the items he he's stole. taking more. Yeah, he's he took taking, a car. He took a fucking car. Yeah, Danny. Also, like Danny, in a, in a feat of brilliance, turns the Orbo power onto. Nick and unshrinks all the stuff that's in his vest. Nick would be dead, y'all. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure he dies if Nick, that happens. Nick would be dead. He'd be buried under the weight of a Ferrari. Yeah. Fact, he stole. It, went, it went under him instead of uh, over. Like he's he lucky would be to buried. Be alive. In, He'd be buried. Yeah. I also I don't want to go backwards too much. I just want to say that there's one line that made me LOL because Danny when they're trying to decide where to go next, Danny's like, let's go to the like other areas of yeah let's go to a homeless shelter like let's go to like underprivileged areas and give them some presents and stop giving the rich people presents and it says something he's like that's a great idea and he's like to steal from people like he's such walter white is such a villain in this part Mm -hmm. where he's like why don't instead we go to the rich people and we'll steal their stuff and bring it to the poor people yeah and then we'll bring the poor people's food to the rich people and danny's yeah. like yes it was very like, robin hood crazy yeah, robin hood crazy plot point right there <laughs> like it's wild but this is ultimately the the part of the movie where nick and danny break mm-hmm. danny actually like issues what are effectively breakup lines to nick in this in this section um he says everything but it's not you it's me and <laughs> mm-hmm. retreats to the sleigh Nick takes the orb of power because that's all he ever wanted to begin with. That's what gives him all of his strength and the ability to mm-hmm. do things. And Danny takes off with the sleigh heading home. It's so funny you say that, Alan, because it's in this moment I realize that, you know, in the proof point you were talking about the parents being evil geniuses. And now I'm sort of realizing, like, Nick is just trying to be a supervillain. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. What, He's what? like, I've got my source of power here. I'm going to go around and, like freeze 
people and steal all their shit and i'm gonna be a super villain when we first learn about nick and we see the parents reaction to him i thought maybe it's just like they think he's a bad role model because he's a little unconventional or he's not Mm -hmm. married in a bachelor and he Mm -hmm. you know spends his he's bad with money i didn't think that he was gonna be an actual thief like, like, right, right. He's a cat burglar. Right. He's he's just like yeah. I'm gonna burgle all of yeah. these like, homes. Like maybe the parents weren't wrong for yeah. not wanting. No, I mean he's. It, I I think that the the 20 years too early comparison to crypto bros and NFTs was accurate. He mm-hmm. he is a, a thief. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So Danny flies the sleigh home, crashes it. Santa's upset. The sister's being kind of a little shit as she tries to repair the sleigh by doing the whole doctor thing. She's like, scalpel, needle nose pliers. Not just a hacker, an incredible mechanic. Truly. She is a bright future ahead of her. A Jill of all trades, and I like that about her. We have have Danny going to apologize to Santa and Santa issuing this rebuke of how does it feel to be the one scammed this time? You got swindled this time, bucko. Santa has written Danny off. He's basically, it's funny because Pete, Pete is is Danny's like number one, his ride or die since the beginning. He's been trying to give him money. He wants his stuff. And now Pete, you know, and Santa's like, Danny's a naughty kid. He's going to be a naughty for life list. Clearly Pete's like, no, man, he's just trying to save Christmas. He's cool. Like Pete is there for Danny. He is going to bat for him, but Santa has written Danny off and now they're back and he's, he's holding him. He's holding his feet to the fire. Get, get yourself a Pete listener. Yes, seriously. (laughs) Pete is the Gilbert, I would say. Yeah. Pete's a Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if a brother can be a Gilbert, usually a friend relationship, but if a brother can be a Gilbert, he's definitely the Gilbert. And he's better than Gilbert. Better. Mm, better than Gilbert. As sister is working on this, they realize that they don't have ne- the necessary technology to repair the sleigh. We cut away to Nick at a bus stop. And why is the, he not driving that car? Why is he at a, a bus good stop? Good question. A good question. Um, well, mainly because that car is buried beneath a piano, a chandelier, a lot of rings, some other random furniture like sofas. Yeah, he stole a lot of. Fin- furniture what's he doing with all that furniture i mean it's probably antique so it's probably it is expensive or he just wants to furnish yeah, his house it's not easy to offload though it was just funny that that's the stuff they show him stealing initially like they should have just done jewelry yeah easiest easy to sell the car take all the jewelry to the pawn shop electronics the taking that fucking why are you i didn't taking that couch i didn't see one big screen tv seriously not yeah oh that would have been a great item nick sees the ne'er-do-well uh, crazy. The third, the third return of the gentleman who had been swindled that Nick had swindled before, and they're like, "Hey, can the you give us? Balls. Wh- yeah, the goofballs. Where's this address?" Nick points that direction. How far? He looks up, realizes it's the goofballs, and hides his face and sort of like shuffles them away. Then it takes him a minute to realize that he just sent the goofballs to his brother's house, mm-hmm. and he responds by panicking and then running to the house so there is a confrontation that happens here again get the car why are you running Mm. you have a sports car yeah you just got to move that couch off of it first they the confrontation comes to a head we have the goofballs meeting with santa and the and the and the the three children as they're looking for nick inside the house we've geolocated nick to be here this is when i this is the moment where i said i relate to the one goofball because they get there and they're like 
they say something about the trip and they're like, we're ready except for Brian because he lost a contact and Brian goes, it's inside my head now. And I laughed out loud because as a contact wearer for many years before I got laser eyeballs, there was this fear of if you lost your contact or it got jostled, I was like, it's in my brain. Like I, I could see my own brain. It is in there. And it was like a very niche joke that only people that have worn contacts will understand. But that made me laugh. And that's why I believe I am goofball number two he lost a contact the other one had a migraine yeah and then elliot hasn't hit somebody in at least an hour like it was a very rough trip and here's the reasons why oh that's crazy all of it sort of ends with nick showing up there's going to be a confrontation they're going to try to get money and nick shrinks elliot in an in a show of intimidation which causes the baddies to run away elliot now human size again which tells me that nick just unshrank Elliot, which put him back in the same scenario that he was before the shrinking yep. where Elliot could kick his ass. Yeah. Except I guess he's scared. It might happen again. He's scared. He might be little a second time. He could yeah. flick him. Yeah, maybe as this movie comes to resolution, they realize that the only thing that can fix the sleigh is Lappy. And Nick is hesitant to sacrifice Lappy, but ultimately as a part of his learning and growth does, they, in a, in, a scene, in a scene that shows definitely how computers work, mm. connect Lappy to the sleigh, get it up and running again, and Santa is able to set off to save Christmas. Mm-hmm. He's going to return all of the items that Nick had burgled for him. Yep. It's a lot of work. And it's so much work. The kids go back inside the house, go to bed. Parents arrive at home. Dad uh, of everybody's now like, I got what I wanted for Christmas. And I was like, what? Nick didn't burn your house down? Like, I don't know what you got. Like, you didn't see everything that happened off screen. You've been at the hospital treating the reindeer flu. I don't know what yeah. good came of this. I was very... I don't, maybe I missed something. Did you, did you either understand why dad was happy? No, I think the resolution of this film is horrible. Like, I, I'm just going to say, like, I, I think that, like, Nick doesn't actually do anything to redeem himself. He... He like still has all the stuff he stole and, and Santa's like, Nick, you want to come along with me to return it? And they're like, nah, he's going to stay here. Like he doesn't take action to redeem the, the bad things he did. He just offloads it onto Santa. All he does is a passive action of like, you can use my laptop, which requires nothing of me except not having my laptop. He, he doesn't return any of the goods and they just accept him warm back in, even though he's been a horrible person that took advantage of his, uh, of his, uh, nephew and left his niece and other nephew in like alone and like almost ruined. Like there's no redemption for this guy at all. It doesn't make any sense that dad feels better about Nick because to your point, he doesn't know anything that happened. And if he did, I don't think he'd feel better. I think he'd feel worse about the whole thing. Like the resolution of this film is terrible. I'm just going to say. Yeah. At one point, Nick says something like, I know what's important to me now and it's I guess supposed to be his his nephews and niece but like it took them almost getting murdered or at least like shaken down by yeah. some thugs that he pissed off like okay but he doesn't do anything to prove that they mean more to him than the gifts yeah. like, to your point. He doesn't point. make and yeah he doesn't he doesn't sacrifice anything for them the thugs just run away 
Like it doesn't, it, it's, it's bad. It's uh, the one good. thing I'll give credit to is that Santa at one point's like, this is what, this is like a good first step in a long redemption, which implies like he's not, it's not all better, but the family seems to think it is. I don't know. <laughs> right. And because we get to Christmas the next day where Nick gets a present from Santa that he's wanted since he was a kid, which is a guitar, which and this is another they use the word naughty too many times in this film in ways like, that made me don't like that they say naughty the the letter that santa left on this guitar was to my favorite naughty boy yeah yeah it is. and i was like yeah, yeah. i didn't care for that Ooh. naughty boy and i guess to show nick is growing he says he's going to sell the guitar for money that he owes but not before the family insists that he play a ripping and shredding guitar oh, solo. Hell he yeah. Shreds. That he definitely was playing, but at least this time he plugged in the guitar. At least this time it had an amp to go out of on the fake guitar playing. And um, the film ends with more voiceover ending uh, the tale of Twas the Night Before Christmas with more rhyme scheme ending on definitely not a rhyme infuriating my OCD brain. <sighs> and the that's fact, the end of the night the fact that it ended on not a rhyme like made me twitch like i was like yeah so that was twas the night everybody we did it alan i i just need you to know yeah alan, yeah you're my favorite naughty boy oh my god <laughs> i i i no <laughs> no just no that's the only reply i have to that tonight, <laughs> you're I'll be right your you're naughty boy. nice Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you already You're know always it. on my nice list. <laughs> Tonight. Oh my God, I've never been more comfortable in my life. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, yeah, this look of satisfaction that you have is the best thing that I've that ever That look of satisfaction is why you're on the nice list. That's right. Because All right, I'm it's a sex because I'm satisfied. It's bro. a sex joke. Because I'm it's satisfied. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Well, I yeah. definitely got there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understood that. Physically satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God damn it! What did you rate this movie? Who? Any of you? <laughs> How about you go first, Alan? It's you four, seem in a good headspace. It's a four point six for me. I think it is a below average film. It's certainly better than the Ultimate Christmas Present, which is the other Christmas movie we have to compare this to. There were things that I really liked about it. I liked yeah. Clueless Santa. I liked the, as you mentioned before, Max. I liked the great references to technology. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't love, I also liked Brian Cranston's acting. I think he was probably, mm -hmm. it, not probably, was the best actor sec, uh, and then mm -hmm. Santa close behind him. What I didn't enjoy was that like, it felt like a lot of buildup for not a lot of payoff. And that's mm -hmm. what, uh, what I think sort of lessened that score for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a, a blackmailing film on my DCOM bingo card, but I'm glad we had it. I quite yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, I'm giving it a 5.1. I think it is slightly above average, mm. especially compared to some of the nightmares we've seen <laughs> over the past 2001. I, again, think the acting was pretty good. Obviously, Brian Cranston's mm. the best, but I think the kids were all better than a lot of the kid actors we've seen. I actually mm. laughed out loud multiple times over a couple lines. I liked the um, kind of magic orb explanation of 
most of Santa's powers. Mm. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was paced well. I liked it. Um, yeah, we're really aligned, y'all. I I came out of this one and thought. I would give it a four, but then because of the tech, what I tell you, an extra 0.5. So I landed on a 4.5 for this one. And I'm delighted by that because, you know, I think that we often get movies that are either in the seven range or in the one range. And uh, I'm happy with having a film that I think is average ish because I think these are often pretty polarizing for us. And one that falls in the middle is honestly not bad. We get some bad decom tropes like a bunch of scenes that all do exactly the same thing. That's very common. We're seeing that a lot. And we saw it again here. Um, the tickle scene made me physically uncomfortable. And, <laughs> and uh, I really think that this film doesn't re- like there's the, the end of the movie is by far the weakest part of the whole film. The resolution is nonsense. Um, and so for that, that's where I landed 4.5. So we're all really close. Uh, yeah. Not a lot of deviation here. It's, it's interesting. A lot of samesies on this one. A lot of same. Yeah, very close. Yeah. Well, let me read you this reviewer. I'm ready. They didn't leave a rating, but I think after the read through, you'll have a pretty clear idea of what they think of this movie. The title reads, puts the whole Disney Channel company to shame. (laughs) Wow. I don't think I need the review. (laughs) You got it. Well, buckle up, pal. It's a short one, but a good one. The main focus I want to point out here is Santa. Uh Uh-huh. He is very soft, dull, stupid, and no one, not even the real Santa, if there is a real one, would act this way. (laughs) Also, they they seem unsure. They seem very unsure. I like that part. Also, you may notice when the people are supposed to freeze, you can see them shaking slightly. (laughs) Yeah, you can. A few bucks could edit that. Now, the other Christmas Disney movie. True. That's that's right. (laughs) Now, the other Disney Christmas movie, the ultimate Christmas present was pretty good. This movie puts the whole Disney Channel company to shame. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, first of all, if you think the ultimate Christmas present was better, homie, no. Yeah. No no rating left, but I'm willing to bet it's probably a one. A one. Yeah. That sounds right. You know, last episode, we acknowledged that this is the last uh, film of 2001 that we've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year started with Xenon the sequel after the ultimate Christmas present. I want to rattle these off for you real quick. This year has uh, included Xenon the Sequel, Motocrossed, The Luck of the Irish, Hounded, uh, Jet Jackson the Movie, The Jenny Project, Jumping Ship, The Poof Point, and now this movie. Oh, Halloween, Halloween Town, Town 2, Cal Bar's Revenge, yeah. and uh, now Twas the Night. So my question to you all is, looking 2001 in review, don't paying no attention to what we rated them. Now right. you get to look the whole year back in retrospect. What is your your highlight and your low light of two thousand one? Ooh, okay. I'll go. My highlight is motocrossed. Okay. I think that that one was like a good revisit because of the visceral emotional response. Mm-hmm. The low light. Oh God, it's a toss up between Hounded and the Jenny Project. I'm going to go with the Jenny project as the low light for me. Mm. That was just terrible. Mm. Everything about that movie was, it wanted to be another movie and it just wasn't that. Mm. I'm surprised it didn't put Xenon the sequel as the highlight because it was a nice revisit, but I think motocross just was inarguably better. I 
do think motocross is the best movie we watched but Mm -hmm. i think i enjoyed watching jumping ship the most Mm -hmm. i liked the warm hug from the lawrence brothers i liked not getting physically worked up about um the misogyny in a in a disney Mm. channel movie uh and i i really like i i mean jumping ship was ridiculous but i liked that about it and i really do like the movies with the lawrence brothers so that was the high for me there were such lows there were some lows lows. i think the jenny project is probably the lowest but i'm also considering the poof point (laughs) as a low because at least uh, at least there was a cute monkey in the Jenny project, mm-hmm. but I would say it's one of those two for my low yeah. point. The poof point was just so uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. What about you, Max? I agree. I think we are, we are three for three agreed that motocross was the best film of the year. I think that like just as a movie, I think it was the best one. This will actually match my rating, but, and, and I, I remember mentioning this when I watched it, I was so surprised by how much nostalgia I felt watching Jet Jackson. Oh yeah. That it was definitely my highlight of like, just, oh wow, I've forgotten that I liked these characters. And like that warm hug feeling we got from sequels, I got from Jet Jackson. And I wasn't really expecting that. I'd sort of like, for like that had dropped out of my, nostalgia brain a little bit and it just felt good and, and i i liked being there and it felt so different than everything else we had seen so definitely my high but i agree three for three i think motocross is the best movie we watched of 2001 um milo uh man it is tough those three movies we've mentioned them all they are rough um <laughs> um but i think i'm gonna say hounded was the low light of of the year for me that puppet dog just so bad just oh i can't with it i mean it this, i like this let's do a year in review as we go forward and we might have to do sort of like a retrospective on 2099 uh not really 98 or 97 because there's not that many there but i think we should at yeah. some point do a retrospective on the other years um 2000 not hard because the color of friendship came out in the year 2000 oh yeah so. that's obviously easy high. High, yeah, yeah. Lock, lock it in. quince is quince, and quince is also came out that and year quince. so there we go it's done uh our high done. 2000 uh, color of friendship our our low quince now uh, here, now what about 99 yeah xenon can well xenon might be the highest of highs but we also had smart house that year we do johnny tsunamis there don't look under the bed's the lowest of lows there. I think we can all agree. Yeah, I think don't look under the bed is the easy low, but that was a strong year. Yeah, because I like horse sense a lot too. Yeah, that's a tough and, one. And 13th year. We had a good time with 13th year. 13th year, the horniest film of 99. I think my high for 99 is probably Xenon. I think I mine is that. Smart House. I like uh, Xenon a lot, but I think mine would be Smart House just because, again, there's a nostalgia trip of the like, the bewitched wall alarm. Yeah, it's so the, hard. The buzzer I, beater, the Michael Jordan buzzer beater wall alarm. The you know like, what I, I'm going to say is that the one that surprised me the most was Johnny Tsunami. I'm about to say, I think Johnny Tsunami might be my highlight, honestly, just because of it what was a, a good movie. It was just a good movie. And I don't remember watching that as a kid very much. And so yeah. I came in not with the same nostalgia I went into Xenon or Smart House with, or even Horse yeah. Sense, because I loved that one as a kid. And I walked out of Johnny Tsunami like, that was great. Yeah. it's a good one. That was yeah. a good year. 99 was a good year. 
99 was a good year. I hope we get another year like 99. Same. Well, you know, we're kicking off 2002 strong with double teamed. So I, I haven't and, seen the movie. Yeah, just, Kelly is right behind it, too. So I am I am hyped for the next couple. Hmm. Well, I love yeah, well, a sports movie. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's do another retrospective after we finish these years. That'll be a really nice way to, to do that. I like that a lot. All right. Well, next up, as we mentioned, we start 2002. We move into Double Teamed, which I'm given to understand is a basketball backslash drama club situation here with a set of twins. I've not seen it. I think it is a Prince and Popper situation. It's definitely basketball, but I think it's volleyball versus basketball. Oh, sport v. Sport. Sport v. Sport. Okay. I think we're going to have dad drama again. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be fun. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and review. It really does help us out a lot. And be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. It's either at Mammoth Club or at Mammoth underscore Club. And join us on Discord if you want to talk with us there. We like to talk about the films that we watch and uh, you get to engage with the community. But in the meantime, everybody, we will see you next week when we review Double Teamed and start the year 2002. So until then, bye. Bye. Tonight, you be my naughty boy.